Welcome back. I'm Michael Bull, and this is America's Commercial Real Estate Show. The title of our show today is The Trump Effect on the Economy and Commercial Real Estate. Please welcome my next guest, Mitch Rochelle. He's real estate practice leader with PwC, and David Levitt, he's a principal with PwC as well. And they're joining me on the phone today. Gentlemen, thanks for being with us. Thanks, Michael. Well, you guys have, thanks, that, you guys have that fantastic Emerging Trends report. And uh, you know, one of the things I think is interesting to uh, to the business people in general today is what are really people thinking since the uh, the Trump effect? You know, he's been elected. We have tax reform, uh, and I understand you've done a, a kind of a mid-year update. So, what has changed in the minds of the real estate people who uh, that you contact for emerging trends related to tax reform and, and, and their outlook? Yeah. So the outlook for 2018, which we're now a few months into, um, was generally positive. But we take the temperature of real estate market participants in the late summer, early fall. So given that tax reform passed uh, just before the end of the calendar year and the economy is chugging along pretty nicely, we decided to go back to the 1,600 folks who responded to our survey last year and ask them if things have changed. So let me break it down for you this way. Um, we asked the question, has your outlook for 2018 changed? And 35% said yes, and 65% said no. So we drilled down into the folks who felt that the prospects for 2018 had changed, and 60% of them felt that it had changed for the positive, and 40% of them had felt that it had changed for the negative. And if we drill down just a little deeper, what we find is for the folks who were optimistic, 82% of that optimism was coming from the economy, while only 18% of the optimism was coming from the new tax law. The pessimists, however, which was 40% of the folks who felt that things had changed, um, cite that 77% of the uh, reason for their pessimism is rising interest rates, and 23% is coming from the political climate. So on balance, Everybody is largely optimistic with 60% uh, um, of 35%. So uh, the tax law, interestingly enough, though, was taking a backseat to the economy. Yeah, I mean, that's interesting. And, you know, one of the things I find interesting about those, those responses is the, the negative side and the thought being because of rising interest rates. So, but how much of this... Um, good news, I guess, about the economy and tax reform and everything that's happening, the stock market doing well and maybe potential inflation. I mean, how much is that just really feeding the possibility of, of rate increases? Um, I think that they're interrelated. Um, so the, the thing to watch, and, you know, we'll have another CPI number coming out this week, um, the Fed, and we had Chairman Powell's testimony last week, the Fed is closely watching inflation. Their target inflation uh, level is 2%, and we're hovering right around that. And they're going to continue to raise. When you talk to real estate market participants, they are a little worried about rising interest rates. They can handle the three rate hikes um, because they sort of expect that. 
But anything that happens that's unexpected, I think, is going to spook the market. And let's just remember this. Interest rates are going to go up if they do go up because the economy is improving. And if we have an improving economy, and that, again, was the overwhelming reason why people were optimistic and that optimism had changed. We have an improving economy. That's good for what us real estate folks like to refer to as fundamentals. So um, I think we have a good problem with rising interest rates and not a bad problem. And, David, when you look at all the things that might be considered involved in the Trump effect, um, what are the things that you think are most troubling or most exciting to real estate folks? Well, I think, Michael, as Mitch mentioned, although the happiness quotient isn't quite reflecting tax reform yet, I think that tax reform did very well by real estate, which was surprising to some. I think that once the markets absorb how much of that impact, I think that we may see a favorable offset to say, as Mitch mentioned, rising interest rates. So if you look at some of the ways that real estate made out under tax reform, particularly with respect to the ability to deduct interest uh, for businesses that are in real estate trades or businesses, um, the ability of REITs to pass through income, REIT ordinary dividends at reduced dividend withholding rates than what they otherwise were prior to tax reform. I think there's a lot of favorable changes within the bill, and I think the market is going to start to reflect that at some point. That's interesting. So one of the things that uh, changed, obviously, is the uh, rate reduction for corporations from, what, 35 down to 21 percent. So that wasn't at the top of the list of, of what excites uh, your clients and the people you work with? I think generally real estate professionals oftentimes organize their businesses through what we call pass-through entities, Michael, and those are entities that don't necessarily pay an entity-level tax. So for the most part, corporations haven't played that much of a prevalent role in real estate businesses itself. I think, as you mentioned, that that's a, the most drastic corporate tax rate change we've had in 40 years. We've gone down from 35 to 21%. There are other advantages that corporations might offer to real estate, but for right now, there was sort of a combination of one, uh, something called the pass-through deduction, which is a little bit of a misnomer, but effectively it's a situation where if you earn income through a pass-through entity, and that pass-through entity isn't involved in certain prohibited kinds of services, you can get an ordinary rate of 29.6% on that income, say from rent, versus what it was at 39.6%, the top marginal rate, and what it now is at 37%. So you have almost an 8% delta today between those two rates. You still pay tax if you put something in a corporation, and you still have those two levels of taxation. You hold something in a partnership or an S corporation, you don't have that two levels of taxation. So I don't think we see this huge trend to go into corporations. I think what we see is real estate professionals still focused on holding real estate through pass-through vehicles. Yeah, well, that makes uh, good sense. And uh, but my, you know, the taxes are real important. Obviously, very important. But sometimes in real estate decisions, that's the the tail wagging the dog. I mean, if we look at corporate uh, tax reductions and in these pass-through entity type of companies, might they have more money? May they? What's your expectation on employment? May we have rising uh, income from from our for employees around the world? May we have even more jobs, uh, and that really help real estate? When you think about office space, uh, and you think about you know, retail spending. The, the the thing that's interesting is there's a economic benefit on the consumer side to tax reform. So you have 
two things happening. One is, um, pick your uh, think tank, but 80% of Americans are getting some form of uh, tax uh, relief, which means after-tax earnings are higher. Uh, you also have the four-plus million employees that um, companies gave a special uh, bonus to. So there's more um, after-tax cash flow in the system. The question is, is the consumer going to spend that money, which would be catalytic to the economy, or are they going to save that money? We did see towards the end of the year spending going up, but we also saw credit card usage going up. And if you look in January, the savings rate has actually ticked up again, but we're still below where we had been in terms of the savings rate. So our economy is driven largely by our consumer. And the question is going to be, what's the um, consumer going to do? How is tax reform going to benefit the consumer and then the economy? On the business side of it, that's where trade kicks in, because I know obviously that's a rip from the headlines. But our trade deficit is one of the bigger drags on our um, on GDP growth. So the business investment side, we're also seeing that as well. So I think it's going to take time to figure out how businesses are going to reinvest in our economy and whether or not that's going to drive long-term uh, GDP growth and thus creating more demand for real estate. Okay. Yeah, and I think, Mitch, you, we've seen a lot of, Michael, what we've seen in a lot of the news is I think the Journal had a front-page story related to companies engaging in stock buyback um, versus at least some of the preliminary results of the corporate rate reduction. I think the other thing to take note of, as Mitch is talking about, is that the Treasury just released a new payroll calculator last week on the IRS website, which is essentially a way that individuals could look to see how much of their wages are going to be withheld upon under the new act. And so I, I still think people need to take into account how much more money they're going to get and where that money's going to come from before we start to see the advantages of it. I think politically, Mitch, you would agree that we're going to certainly see people, particularly the Republican Party, touting the success of the bill, but I don't know if we'll really have a good handle on the metrics until for a couple of months. Yeah, no, it's certainly going to take time, and um, the the – debate as to what happens with repatriated cash and what happens with uh, going from 35% to 21% and what companies do with that um, uh, after-tax savings uh, really remains to be seen. But I think if you parse through the political rhetoric, which is going to be hard to do as we're in a midterm election cycle, um, I think we're going to see some stimulus in the economy from it. The question is, how will the Fed respond to things like inflation as the job labor market tightens and inflation and interest rates, these are all part of the calculus that could have an impact on real estate if interest rates end up spiking. Because the 10-year Treasury is moving towards 3% uh, independent of the Fed's actions. And Mitch, you mentioned that uh, the export uh, deficit Uh, is a drain on GDP. So looking at it economically as an economist rather than a political view, then if these tariffs on steel and aluminum, things that uh, Trump is talking about, uh, is that maybe a short-term pain for a a long-term gain in GDP if you look at it as an economist? Um, I think the administration's goal is to try to better balance trade around the planet. And they're starting with 
you know, a 25% tariff on steel and a 10% tariff on aluminum as a bit of a canary in a coal mine in terms of getting that conversation started with some of our trading partners around um, some inequities that exist. Um, our trade deficit with China is large and growing. Uh, in 2017, we had a $375 billion trade deficit um, with China, which was up 28 percent from 2016. So there, there's certainly an impetus on the administration's part to try to better balance trade, um, but they're leading with um, one specific um, um, raw material in the supply chain. Um, and we'll see how that uh, plays out, not only in the press, but in, in geopolitical uh, encounters. Okay. And David, when you look at some of these um, other things that Trump is doing, like deregulation and, and Mitch, you mentioned um, repatriation, and then we also have infrastructure, right? So if, um, if, we, if that if infrastructure, some of these things start up gung-ho, doesn't that mean great things for the U.S. economy and real estate? I, I think the hope is, Michael, it does on its face. It's a great aspirational goal to increase infrastructure investment. And you look at the plan that was released a couple of weeks ago. But then if you kind of unfold it a little bit, the question then is, where's the money going to come from? We just cut our total revenues, $1.5 trillion, as a result of the recent tax bill. And now we're asking to raise basically an equivalent amount of money to be able to do infrastructure improvement. I think to get there, and if you look at the plan that the president released, a lot of that focus was on state and local government. And that's also coupled by a question of we, we've now seen potentially population movement from the, some of the states that need infrastructure development the most, such as California and New York, because of reductions in the ability to deduct state and local taxes. So there's really a question. I think it's a, it's a great goal to necessarily to be able to say we're going to build infrastructure, but the question is going to be how are we actually going to pay for it? Just to pile on, um, sorry, Michael, what's interesting about paying for it is, on the one hand, we've reduced income taxes, but the pay for for infrastructure, if we are to proceed down that path, is going to be a tax on individuals but may not be through the Internal Revenue Service, which means tolls could go up, utility charges could go up. There's the possibility and there's this discussion of consumption taxes, whether it's raising the gasoline tax, which hasn't been raised in, in a couple of decades. There's talk in some circles about a value-added tax or in a different form of a national consumption tax. Um, those would be more traditional taxes, the latter. But if we realize that our power grid in this country is maybe two generations old and in desperate need of repair, if an investment's made by the private sector, even with some down payment from the federal government, that's going to find itself into the rate base, and everybody's going to be paying more for power. So uh, all of this gets, to David's point, gets paid for somehow, which is potentially a tax, uh, lowercase t, on the American economy, and the question is, does that slow down economic growth over time? Well, Mitch, I was doing the Snoopy dance before. Now you got me feeling more like Charlie Brown, I tell you all. <laughs> wah, 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 wah. Gentlemen, your final thought on the Trump effect and the economy and, and commercial real estate. 
I'm still, and I've always been a half-full guy. So I'm sticking with half-full. And 60% of the people um, who felt that the real estate economy had improved had improved with a positive, and I'm with those people 100%. David, final thought? I, I, I believe in the 35 of the 65%, as Mitch mentioned, that I think we're in a good place. I think we're going to continue to grow. I think that we're on the right track. Great information, gentlemen. Thanks for joining us. All right, Michael, thanks as thanks, always Michael. for having us. All right, well, stay tuned. We'll have more on the Trump effect on the economy and commercial real estate right after this short break. I'm Michael Bull. This is America's Commercial Real Estate Show.